Welcome to episode 28. If you've ever wondered if detox is or isn't a myth or whether it is or is not necessary, then holy shit, you need to listen to today's episode about just how deep the toxic rabbit hole that you live in goes. And if you live in a city or you use chemicals in your work or add anything to your food, then this is absolutely for you. This really is a must listen to for absolutely everyone because just eating a healthy diet is not even close to the entire answer. There is so much more. And just a quick one too with this episode, the studio was double booked at the last minute the day that I recorded this episode. So we're in a different room than usual. So the audio sounds a little different to usual, but don't worry because the knowledge bombs on this episode are huge. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I hope you've had a great week. As usual, I'm lucky enough to be in the company of another highly educated and intelligent health professional whom is impacting lives in multiple countries through the blogs she writes on major websites and programs that she creates. Melissa Smith is who I'm talking about here, and she is a naturopath, nutritional therapist, and transformational nutrition coach. She helps Busy women maximize their energy and well-being through optimized nutrition and detoxification, whilst also reducing stress, which we all know seems to dictate the happenings of the Western world. Um, so she's also a Nutri-Advanced Metabolic Detox Practitioner and creator of Ready Reset Thrive, which is an eight-week detox program. And in a nutshell... She is an absolute expert on detox. So we're going to talk about exactly that today. We're going to talk about detox. So I'm glad to have you here today, Mel. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so <laughs> excited. We got connected in a really interesting way. A friend of mine, Vincent Chan, yeah. saw your advertising multiple times and said to me, this woman says a lot of similar things to the, what you say. So yeah. it's a unique connection. Yeah, it's great. It's great to meet you and connect and be able to have the opportunity to, to share this information that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so let's get into it. So I guess we're talking detox. So let's just start with the myth. When a lot of people hear detox, they roll their eyes. They do. They're like, they do raise we, their eyebrows. Yeah, do we even need to detox? Is it real? Is it, you know, just people selling me products? Yeah. So... Let's bust the myth. Yeah. So, okay. So some of that is true, I guess. There are a lot of ineffective products on the market, but um, really what um, what is most important to really be mindful of is that we live in this environment that is, uh, you know, that is so vastly different than what we've ever experienced before, right? So, so in like the past uh, two to three generations, 70,000 man-made chemicals have entered our environment and our detox pathway simply just can't uh, deal with the toxic burden that we are exposed to on a daily basis. So these toxins are in our food, they're in our air, they're in our water, they're in our, you know, our, our uh, personal care products, they're in our clothes, they're in our furnishings. They are literally everywhere in our environment and we're having these multiple points of exposure to a variety of different toxic chemicals um, that are placing a burden on our detox pathways and are also causing a host of different symptoms and chronic disease. So like some of the, the main groups of chemicals that are mostly concerning are things like carcinogenic toxic chemicals, endocrine disruptors, neurotoxins. So this is one of the reasons why we're seeing a huge increase in, you know, in cancer, 
in neurological conditions like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, depression, anxiety, autism, um, you know, and as well as brain fog. And then we also have this situation where uh, these chemicals, when our liver isn't able to actually process them because the liver is the main detoxifying organ, it sends them into our fat cells. And so we have this um, connection between obesity and metabolic disorders as well uh, with toxic, a, a body toxic burden. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why we're seeing, you know, an increase in, in weight gain and obesity. The other thing that happens with um, all of these toxic chemicals coming in is that um, when our detox pathways aren't handling these toxins very well, a lot of free radical damage happens. And free radical damage can happen to the liver as well as the mitochondria. So the mitochondria are the energy batteries in our cells and they're responsible for some 90% of our energy. And so this is why we're seeing an epidemic of chronic fatigue in particular and just general fatigue. Yeah, um, right. In, in our um, yeah, in our world. <laughs> yeah, and I guess these things of I talk a lot on the podcast, as you've probably heard about the difference between evolutionary reality, a g- genetic evolution, yeah. and social evolution. And I think um, you make you make a really good point. And you know, we've had seventy thousand seventy thousand was the 70, number seventy thousand new man man made chemicals just in the past two to three generations. Yeah, we, and yeah. Hu- human evolution to cope with stresses in the environment happens over thousands of years. Yes. Like the last human genetic evolution was 350,000 years ago. So yeah. it's no surprise that um, we need to detox because our body can't keep up. Yeah, It needs, it needs a few thousand years to adjust to what we've just introduced. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so like not only do we need to support our detox pathways in the body, we also need to try and limit our exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's absolutely key. And I think that's what a lot of those detox programs don't really address. Yeah, right. Yeah. What are you interested in detox? What's your personal journey? Like I talked with Holly Sinclair on about hormones recently mm. and we talked about most people get, seem to get into this sort of the natural side of the health space due to either conventional medicine not working for them or just going on their own health journey. Yeah. Was that something similar for you that led you to this path? Yeah, definitely. So I... um pretty much since like I was a teenager, I had lots of health issues. So I had hormonal imbalances, debilitating menstrual pain, fluctuating weight and mood. And then that progressed in my twenties to, you know, chronic sinusitis. Um, I also had, um, eventually got diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Um, I ended up burning out when I was like 24, excuse me, but I, um, so I had a lot of these little niggling health problems. And so that set me on a path to really learn about how to nourish myself. And uh, naively, kind of late in, in my late twenties, I thought that nutrition would solve everything. I thought all I needed to do was just have certain nutrients, and my cells would function effectively. Um, and it wasn't until I um, started to look at—I wanted to become a naturopath and nutritional therapist—and there was an open day at my college, and there was a talk on environmental toxicity and disease. And I was like, "Holy crap, what is this?" Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just sat in this lecture hall, just completely stunned by the information that I was hearing. I was like, oh my God, like my whole life I've been exposed to these environmental toxins, you know, from skincare and, you know, household products and and whatnot. And so that really set me on a path to learn more about it. And through my studies, I really learned that, you know, it's, it's not just nutritional deficiency, but also toxicity in the cell that can cause an imbalance and lead to a host of different symptoms. And so once I finished training, I then did further research and training in detoxification and undertook a clinical detoxification program. And I also just cleared out my life of all of these, well, as many as I could of these toxins. So I changed my skincare and, you know, household products and 
reduced a lot of the the other social toxins that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, and so saw like a lot of resolution in a lot of these little niggling symptoms. So no longer did I have these period pains and crazy mood swings and all of those things and brain fog, like it all just went. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was kind of what started me. And then, you know, just in the past, like, four or five years, like there's just this growing um, problem with toxicity and these complex cases that natural therapists are seeing, you know, no longer do we just see someone who has fatigue and go, okay, like, you know, you just need to, you know, eat certain foods and we'll just supplement you. Like it's the toxicity is a really big part of why people are so tired. Yeah. Well, I, and it was actually a bit of a wake up call when I read your book, Detox Demystified, yeah. which is great. And hopefully we can put a link in the show notes to this for everybody to check it out. But just a reminder for me that even though I live extremely healthy with my food and meditate and my mental health and that type of thing, it was a real reminder that virtually every single one of the things in your book, I'm probably exposed to yeah. on a daily basis. And it was just like a total reminder for me to be like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're, things, they're everywhere. It's like, it's so part of our modern life. Like yeah. we don't, yeah, we, we need to be more aware of it. So. Oh, could not agree more. <laughs> so in talking about all of these things that are in our environment, what would you say are the top five? It's probably difficult because they're is. all super bad. It yeah, it <laughs> but is. what would you say are the top five toxicants? And for the listeners, the difference between toxic and toxicant is toxic is natural, like poisonous mushrooms, snake venom, and toxicant is man-made. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Um, and there's also a difference there. Like when we think of like toxicity, we're not talking about a high dose of something that causes, you know, death. We're talking about low-level exposure of these um, toxic chemicals that cause a change in the structure or the function of a cell. So that is what a toxicant is. And yep. yeah, so that's it. So the so the five most common ones, or I guess the five most dangerous ones. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to prioritize. Oh, but, totally. Um, so the first one would be mercury. So mercury is a heavy metal and it's in it's it's created as a byproduct of industrial processing and it's pumped into the ocean, it's pumped into our air. So it's it's basically everywhere and it's 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 a, a known endocrine disruptor, it's a known neurotoxin, uh, a known carcinogen. It also can damage the mitochondria, so leading to fatigue. And um, so it's in our our food potentially, it's in our air, it's in our water. It's also in amalgam fillings. So silver fillings contain about 45 to 55% amalgam. And so if you right. have any of those amalgam fillings in your mouth, uh, every time that you eat, a vapor can be released. So a bit of mercury vapor can be released and it can actually go into your brain, your bloodstream. Yeah, right. Damaged. So this long term, like I got my first amalgam filling when I was 14 or something. When did you get it out? Oh, last year. Yeah, right. Last year. Yeah. I've still got one to go. Yeah. Like it's a process. You have of course, because you've got to them. replace it with something. And Yeah, and you want to be really careful about how you remove them as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's also in um, some tattoo inks right. and dyes right. um, as well as fish. So um, there's a lot of mercury in the ocean. So a lot of the large fish like tuna, uh, swordfish, whale, dolphin, shark, and marlin, I think are the, the big six that they actually contain a lot of mercury. And so if you're eating some of those fish on a regular basis, you can take on that mercury load. And is that mercury in the ocean as a result of the, human yeah. production? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, humans. Yeah, go us, <laughs> just ruining everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so going back to um, inks and dyes, so anything that has like a red pigment yep. is can tend to be mercury. So they use right. a lot of heavy metals in 
inks and dyes, um, not just mercury, but also things like cadmium, which is also another carcinogenic, very toxic chemical. So that's the first one. And So uh, that's just devastating by itself. I know, but you know, guys, we're all in this toxic soup together. We totally are. We'll we'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is phthalates. So phthalates are a group of chemicals that are plasticizers. So they uh, they make plastics softer. Right. But they also prolong the smell of fragrance. I was hoping you brought this one up because I want my mum to listen everywhere. to this. Everywhere, okay. Yeah, mums so, and nans deodorise their uh, house with all of these t- different yes. automated, you know, squirty things. I know. And I was, I was hoping you brought this. Up. I even told my mum at Easter. Oh, I said, you? I hope that Mel brings this up so that you can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the thing is though that you will not see it on a label because right. it's. So when you look at household products, so let's go through a list first. So shampoos, conditioners, perfumes, air fresheners, scented candles, skincare, cosmetics, shaving cream, so men aren't immune to this either, um, can all potentially contain phthalates and all it will say on the label is fragrance. So whenever you see the ingredient that says fragrance, that can actually mean hundreds of chemicals, including phthalates. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, yeah it's, and that's just because of the legislation, I assume, because I know um, yeah. with food-grade products, uh, companies can hide all sorts of different, you know, c- chemicals and compounds under the, like, proprietary formula. Yes. Or, you know, whatever the yeah. marketing catchphrase is can actually be a legal loophole. So I guess, and, and we're talking about things that you don't even ingest, so I assume the legislation for that's even a step down from food-grade. Yeah, yeah. Non-food items are... are- very poorly regulated, particularly yeah. the beauty industry. Yeah. So there's a lot of different uh, chemicals within beauty products that really aren't very very uh, supportive of health in yeah. any way. <laughs> I'm not we surprised. Talk about them, you know, parabens and you yeah. know, things like that. But um, yeah. yeah, so so really, you know, we want to look at all of our skincare and all of these household products. I mean, even even like household cleaners, laundry cleaners. That smell. I always say to people that smell of like freshly cleaned clothes. Yeah. Brought to you by phthalates. <laughs> Freshly, the fresh smell of yeah. cancer. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, they're, they're linked to, you know, cancer. They're linked to, um, they're, you know, causing fertility um, issues because they're endocrine disrupting and um, they're particularly linked to breast cancer. Right. There's yeah. a really fantastic documentary on Netflix called Stink that I encourage everyone to watch. It's, okay. It's really quite I haven't seen that one. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's one of the really, there's lots of really good documentaries on Netflix. There really that is. Yeah. That one's really good. Yeah. Stink. Right. And it's about this man who, um, whose wife seemingly healthy dies of breast cancer and he goes to investigate his environment and all of these products and finds yeah. that it's, this phthalate is everywhere, this endocrine disrupting hormone. Right. So yeah. phthalate, what's the next one? Oh, so the next one is acrylamide. Okay. So acrylamide is uh, created as a byproduct of industrial processing and it's in cosmetics and uh, things like nail varnish, but it's also formed when you cook starchy foods at high temperatures. Right. So we're talking hot chips, normal chips, crackers, biscuits, cake, bread, anything that's that refined carbohydrates, starchy food when it's browned contains acrylamide and acrylamide right. is a known carcinogen. Yeah. Uh, so something we most definitely want to avoid. avoid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it can also be, um, it can also be created by cooking other foods at high temperatures when sugar is involved. So like if you glaze, say vegetables and you roast them, for example, it can be created then. Right. So really we want to remove, I mean, we want to remove all of those refined carbohydrate processed foods anyway. So, yeah, of course. Uh, 
that's kind of a, a really easy win yeah. when, it, when it comes to avoiding acrylamide. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So um, the fourth one is something that is not a chemical. It's kind of invisible, but it's everywhere. Right. <laughs> your, your eyes are just like, oh, just my like God. Looking around the room. <laughs> do, do, do. Um, electromagnetic frequencies. Oh, I was hoping you'd bring this up. Yeah, it was in my notes as well. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I think it, that's almost lumped by many people into the woo-woo category. Yes. Like, but it's a real thing. That's it why is. you've got Wi-Fi on your phone. It's real. Yes. <laughs> it's there. It is. It is real. Yeah. Um, and so what they're finding now is that from particularly from long-term exposure, which is, you know, they're classifying more than 10 years, is that it's causing a lot of damage. Um, these electromagnetic frequencies can cause oxidative stress in the body as well as inflammation. Uh, it's it's controversial as to whether it you know is carcinogenic or not. I think there's a lot of I don't know what to say here, but yeah, yeah. corporate science versus uh, yeah. actual honest science kind of fighting it off there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's it's really concerning because it's everywhere, and we have multiple points of exposure from our Wi-Fi routers to you know our devices. Oh, I'm walking through and, the middle of the city. Imagine how many different yes, internet connections yeah. are going in all sorts of directions. Yeah, and we've seen a huge rise in things like you know, brain tumours, um, thyroid cancer, the bigger the phones have got, smartphones, you're, you know, walking along the street and you're talking for ages and, you know, your thyroid is right there. Yeah, absolutely. Being exposed to, uh, you know, to this radiation. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it is really scary. Because the world's only getting more, Mm. I guess, physically disconnected in replacement of radiation and microwaves and these type of things. Like the physical cables are becoming less. Yes. And these things are being sent yes. through the air. And, and the idea from a physics standpoint is that they're impeded by nothing. Mm. So, they, you know, it's why MRI works because it goes through the human body. And to me, if something goes through something, there's going to be an effect. Well, there's a difference between that ionizing and non-ionizing yeah. radiation. But, Absolutely. Know, yeah, so. Well, there was a, a study done, like school kids, I think it was in Sweden, mm. and it got, like, they didn't believe the results. So what yeah. they did is they planted some seeds in between two routers and yeah. um, the seeds didn't grow and they had a positive control where there was no routers and the seeds grew and people were like, oh, that's not yeah. right. You know, it's, it's happened here in, in Brunswick. There's a garden. Yeah, right. um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a community garden. And uh, for ages there was this beautiful garden that school kids would come and attend to. And then all, one, all of a sudden one day a phone mast went up, a wi- Wi-Fi mast went up, right. and the whole garden died. They moved it 10 metres, yep. so they checked where the electromagnetic field was hitting and they moved it 10 metres and it's thrived. Wow. So distance is really key, but yeah. when we're so saturated with it, it gets hard. Oh, right? absolutely. Um, and, you know, 5G technology that's supposed to be coming out is even more worrying. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, t- like TED Talks and stuff on yeah. the 5G and how it's not a good idea no. well, to Belgium, progress that far. Yeah, the Belgian uh, health minister just said, no, I w- will not put our, the yeah. health of our population at risk with this right. technology. So they've just banned it and I'm yeah, just hoping yeah. that everyone else follows suit. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Depends on the corporate interest. <laughs> exactly. We're the guinea pigs with, with all of this technology. Absolutely. Um, and then the final one is a group of chemicals called organophosphates. So they are used as plasticizers, so again to soften plastics. Um, they're also used as flame retardants to prevent things from burning. Um, and they're also used as pesticides. So one of the main organophosphates is glyphosate, which just in the last 10 years, 6.1 billion kilos has been used in 
like globally in the environment. That's an insane 6. number. 6.1 billion kilos. Yeah, that's insane. It is because we think that it, we were told that it was non-toxic and totally safe and so it's everywhere. It's used on, um, you know, cotton, it's used on our grains, so wheat, corn, oats, it's used on fruit and vegetables, nuts and seeds, uh, that basically most food crops that, that require pesticides. Um, it's also sprayed in our gardens, uh, you know, as the product Roundup and many other products. Um, it's in, you know, sprayed in parks and green spaces and golf golf courses and schools. So we have this, again, this multiple points of exposure through our environment. Yeah. That is uh, proven to be quite detrimental to health. So, you know, one of the things is that it is a possible car- carcinogen and actually um, there's some 8,000 lawsuits going on in the U.S. right now with regards to it causing cancer among people who, who have been using this product yeah. un- unknowingly for, uh, you know, for decades thinking that it was safe. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Well, it's hard to escape. I mean, and mm. I guess the company we're talking about is Monsanto. Yes. And um, I think it'd be good too for the listeners because a lot of it pops up in the news mm. and I think it's just there's so much controversy so it'd be good to just clear some things up. Like what is glyphosate? Monsanto is obviously the world's biggest manufacturer of herbicides and pesticides. Um, the first case of cancer that they were sued for um, was one. Um, the guy, yes, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. $78 million richer, but he's, I know. He's, he has terminal cancer, so I don't know where that's... Yeah, I know, absolutely. It's still, yeah. It's still, hopefully, it's the gateway for a lot more of those to come through. Um, Absolutely. So talk to me more, a little bit more about glyphosate. Okay. Well, should we talk about Monsanto oh, first yeah, and yeah, who yeah. they are? Yeah, who they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Monsanto are an agrochemical company and biotech. So they make genetically modified food as well as these pesticides. And uh, they've recently just been bought out by Bayer, actually. So, yeah. And I think that's it's, it's interesting. Um, we probably won't hear the word Monsanto for very long, <laughs> given all the negative, <laughs> negative yeah. Um And so they created uh, glyphosate in the 70s and said that, you know, the way that it works is that it, it inhibits an enzyme um, in a pathway only in plants and so therefore it was safe for, for humans to consume, okay? So it was a weed killer, it c- would kill the weeds and it would also be beneficial for farmers in that um, 
it would improve what they call conservation tillage, which means they don't have to till the, the soil so much, which means there's more nutrients in the soil. And it was supposed to enhance productivity of like farming in general, yeah. which I guess you could say did, at a, obviously at a big cost. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they were able to like kill the weeds, which meant they were able to plant the plants closer together, which yes. meant they get more out of a paddock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the other thing that they would claim, so they would say, okay, it's not going to affect human health. Um, and the other thing that they would say is that there would be very little residue, if any, left on the plants. Now, research has shown, like so many different research studies, when they've actually tested for glyphosate residue in food, have found that there is indeed a lot of glyphosate residue in food. So just recently uh, in the US, there was a study on children's cereals. So some, I think it was 47 different children's oat-based cereals were tested. And out of those 47, 45 contained levels of glyphosate, not uh, actually well above the safety levels. Right. So it's like, what, 95 97% of everything tested? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's so, insane. And, you know, and it's, it's very concerning because this is, you know, it's a, not just a carcinogenic, it's a neurotoxin. It's, you know, it's been involved in, you know, autism, depression, anxiety, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, a host of different diseases that are now being linked to glyphosate exposure. Yeah, and I mean, if you have a, even if you were to, you know, try and have a healthy meal, like you could have a salad sandwich and yeah. every one of the different pieces of salad in there can have been farmed and raised, yeah. covered in glyphosate. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, there's all these different health issues you might mm-hmm. still be experiencing, which I guess is the whole point of detoxing, because yes. even if you're just eating really healthy, you're still exposing yourself to all these types of chemicals. Yeah. And they spray crops several times. like I, I Just before they harvest them. They do, yeah. yeah. Apparently it helps with them harvesting and also make sure that there's no weeds left for when they next they plant the next crop. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very, very concerning. It's everywhere. Totally. And, you know, so we're, we're ingesting this. And it's also with glyphosate, it's actually an antibiotic um, because this pathway that they, uh, that, in, that is inhibited in plants also exists in bacteria and fungi. And so it's, uh, it's affecting not just our microbiome just in our gut, but also the soil, the microbes in the soil are being affected by this. And so, like, the less biodiversity we have, whether it's in the soil or within our, our digestive tract, is, is harmful to our health. You know, Absolutely. For, for a variety of different reasons, right, from, like, immune health to, you know, energy production and, you know, inflammation and a whole load, load of different things. Yeah. Our microbiome um, are also involved in the detoxification pathway. Yeah. And so, like, the more we eat the glyphosate, the more we can damage our microbiome. Yeah. Um, the other thing that that's with uh, that happens with glyphosate is that it actually inhibits our liver's liver's ability to detoxify. So if we're having a lot of pesticide laden foods, um, and we're also being exposed to all these other toxins, then our body's going to work, be under even more of a burden. Yeah. So there's like so many different so many reasons variables, why yeah. glyphosate is just so problematic. Well, I saw a, um, a little docu presentation from a scientist that was uh, just hypothesizing. It wasn't based on actual clinical research, but he was hypothesizing that uh, things like gluten intolerance and bloating yes. were actually not a result of gluten uh-huh. at all. And yep. it was just simply that you can't go anywhere in the Western world, at least probably most of the world, without consuming food that is heavily doused in glyphosate. So yes. I thought that was a very mm. potentially pertinent theory. Well, yeah. I mean, I've heard people and I've even had clients who have had sensitivities to things like strawberries, which is like one of the most heavily sprayed crops. Yeah. And then they eat an organic strawberry and they're absolutely fine. But there's hope then. There is. Yes, there is. I mean, the the great thing is, is that uh, our body can detoxify glyphosate 
pretty effectively. That is good so news. once we remove it, it's not something that is that will stay in the body for a long time. Like you know, heavy metals tend to take a long time to to come out. But yeah, I have to say, thankfully, once we remove it, we can clear it out of our system. So we've been super doom and gloom so far. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's get to the detox part. So what do we need to do? Do we do we need to go away for a, you know into the wilderness for two weeks or go on a juice cleanse? Like, what's the path to begin detoxing? Or can we just do it in our everyday? Well, I think you know it sounds nice to go away and just do a little detox, and you come back and you're all nice and clean and shiny. <laughs> and I, I did that a few times when I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but the reality is, as we've kind of exposed here that you know our environment is really toxic so if we don't address that first then it doesn't matter we can you know detoxify our bodies all day long but if we're not dealing with all of this exposure then we're not going to be effectively detoxing so the first step is to really yeah start with home start with your life look at your lifestyle and go okay so like what can I remove what can I maybe I look at you know non-toxic skincare products or non-toxic household products and I do away with um you know those smelly air fresheners and scented yeah. candles. I'm talking to Maddie's mum right now. <laughs> Listen, Marie. <laughs> so, yeah, so it starts with that. It starts with removing these things from your environment. Um, when it comes to things like Wi-Fi and, you know, EMFs, um, consider, you know, limiting your exposure as much as possible. So turning your Wi-Fi off at night in particular. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to mention actually, like, Wi-Fi, uh, sorry, electromagnetic fields have actually been shown to reduce melatonin. So if you have like sleep issues in particular, it's probably worthwhile like limiting your exposure to that. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, just trying to resist the urge to pick up your device all of the time as well. Yeah, that's uh, an addiction that mm. people struggle to break. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you've got kids as well, like kids are, are, more, are more at risk of being exposed yeah. to the harmful effects of EMFs. Yeah. So like maybe you want to switch to Ethernet cables even or like switch Wi-Fi off when you're at home and you're actually not using it. So anyway, you can limit your exposure there. Yeah. Um, then we want to look at water and air. So like if you, I will say like if you don't filter, then you are the filter. Yeah, so, makes like, total you know, sense. Yeah, so filter your water because, you know, we talked about mercury, but there are a lot of other, you know, heavy metals and other compounds that could be within your water. So, you know, even starting with like a basic, um, carbon-based filter like a Brita jug is good enough and then maybe work up to getting some kind of like in-house filtration yeah. system is like the ideal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then air, like airing your house out is really important because um, a lot of chemicals in your house can actually off-gas. Right. Um, yeah, which, you know, we, we don't have time to go into, but, you know, making sure that your air, you know, you're always aerating your house is really key. Yeah. And also, you know, maybe you do away with those smelly air fresheners, like just got fresh air in. Yeah. You wouldn't need them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first thing. So looking at your environment. And then I want to talk a little bit about stress because stress is uh, very problematic when it comes to detoxification because stress actually inhibits your body's ability to detox. Right. So if you're always stressed, your body isn't going to be able to handle that those toxins that are coming in. And, you know, we live in this chronically stressed life. So Yeah, which we're not evolved to deal with. We're not evolved to deal with it. So when we have all these toxins on top and it's, you know, toxicants, sorry, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to make matters worse for us. Next we get on to diet. So we've spoken about removing a lot of those refined carbohydrates because we want to avoid acrylamides. So anything fried, baked, or as in like the processed foods baked, so you yeah. know, crisps, et cetera, we want to remove them. Um, and then we want to look at social toxins. So 
we have another group of toxicants that also uh, place a burden on our liver's detox pathways, and that is um, alcohol, which is none of these are probably a surprise to anybody yeah. listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, alcohol and coffee and cigarette smoke in particular actually reduce the, the liver's ability to detoxify. So definitely those three, yeah. um, as well as like your refined sugar and, and, and all of that as well. So those would be the, the main social toxins to at least minimise yeah. um, in your life. And I know I used to drink smoke and, you know, drink coffee all of the time and, you know, I, I guess that was probably what was contributing a lot to, um, to yeah, my symptoms. Absolutely. So, it was good that you obviously had the awareness and went on this journey. Yes, and- I was like, oh, and I didn't drink for like eight years and I've since reintroduced natural wine. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of my little guilty pleasure. Yeah. You know, you can choose one toxin, just, just make sure it's not a really dangerous one for you. I kind of absolutely. say, you know, we don't want to get to perfection because we, we can't, you know, we live in this world. It's Yeah, you might as well not obsess about it if you can't yeah. achieve the goal anyway. Like, exactly. Like completely exactly. removing everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then some really, really basic things that have can have profound uh, impact on your detox ability is uh, firstly fibre. So what happens uh, through the detox process, your liver, which is the main organ that detoxifies, will dump toxins into the bile and that bile is sent to the digestive tract. And if you don't have enough fibre in your diet and enough fibre in the colon, then that bile will just sit there with the toxins and they can potentially become more toxic and also can be released back into the bloodstream and the liver is going to have to process them again. Right. So, <laughs> so one of the, the most basic things is to just really prior, prioritise fibre. So you want to be getting at least 50 grams a day. Most people only get about 20 grams. Right. Um, so more than double your intake of, you know, uh, Leafy greens, beans, whole grains, yeah. you know, fruit and veg, get a really wide variety of, of different fruit and veg and make sure that you're prioritizing those because you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're eliminating, you know, you're going to the toilet every day. Otherwise, yeah. these toxic chemicals can just stay. And just get more and more concentrated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so fiber is really key. And then um, protein. So protein um, is critical. So there's certain amino acids that are absolutely critical to your liver's detox pathways. So some of them will help to detoxify um, heavy metals. Others will um, detoxify, you know, plasticizers and things like that. So making sure that you have protein with every meal is really, uh, really beneficial. And, you know, really good protein sources like, you know, beef, poultry, lamb, shellfish. Yeah. Um, pea protein as well. Like if you're vegan, like supplementing with pea protein can be really good because it also helps to alkalize your body as well. Um, and alkalization is really key. Like if your body is too acidic, then your detox pathways can't actually work. Like your enzymes can actually switch off. Right. So, you know, and if you're focusing on more on fiber and you're reducing a lot of those social toxins, then you can switch your body. Like if it was acidic into this more alkaline state, which it prefers to be in. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, we also need to talk about Going organic. Organic. <laughs> I'm all about organic. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we know about glyphosate. So the Environmental Working Group have um, created a list of what they call the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. So the Dirty Dozen is a list of the top 12 most heavily sprayed crops and the Clean 15 are the least. So they're kind of like the safest to eat conventionally, whereas the Dirty Dozen you should really avoid and have organic. So um, you can just Google Dirty Dozen and it will come up, but just to give you an insight into like the most, 
the dirtiest of <laughs> the dirtiest of the vegetables filthiest. and fruit. So, okay, so that they tend to be like berries and leafy greens that are kind of more insects just love them, I guess. So they need to spray them more. So um, spinach, strawberries, kale has now late, made the list. Yeah, that crushed which, my soul when you told know, me that. I know. <laughs> it, it, did, it made my heart sink as well. I mean, yeah, so 2019 list. So kale has just um, bumped, I think, capsicum off the list. Right. Um, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, potatoes, and chili. So those are the top 12, but I would so also say... So they're the ones say, that we want to buy organic. We, we want to buy organic. Yep. Yep, but I would also say, like, don't forget, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah. <laughs> which are, you know, which tend to be like lettuce, cucumber, et cetera. So anything where you're going to eat the skin, I always say try and go organic, especially yeah. all the berries. Yeah, because you just eat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, and anything that, you know, you can peel easily, then, yeah, sure, you can probably buy organic. Um, interestingly, some of the the brassicas, um, which are really good for liver um, liver health, like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and cabbage, are actually in the clean fifteen. Right. So that's good. That is good news. Although I'm still a little bit paranoid, and I just tend to buy them from Me my too. farmers market. <laughs> you can't be too safe. Yeah, yeah, you can't be too safe. So, so there are some really simple measures that you can start putting in place, and then I would also say that, you know. You might need a more deep diving toxic uh, detox program. So it really depends on what your exposure has been and your level of symptoms. Um, you know, particularly if you've got, say, like heavy metal, um, a, a high heavy metal burden, that will probably need more support in the form of a clinical detox where you're taking, you know, supplements alongside that to really make sure that you're optimizing your body's detox ability. Yeah, it makes total That's, sense. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that with us and time flies, so we'll have to wrap up. But before we do, where can everyone find you online and what kind of clients do you deal with? Okay, so um, you can find me on, I'm on kind of all of the platforms, but probably the easiest place to find me is on Instagram. So my handle is melissa1l2s.l.smith and my website, which is melissasmith.pro. So I write articles on detoxing and ways to boost your energy and remove these toxins from your environment. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so the people I mainly work with are women primarily who have fatigue. So I specialize in fatigue. And so they tend to come to me when they have, you know, a lot of fatigue as well as hormonal issues and brain fog and things like that. And often it's, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction, as well as this toxic body burden. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll put all that information in the show notes so that anybody that listens to this episode can get in touch with you if they want to. And remember, guys, if you learned anything from this episode, take a screenshot of it, share it with anybody you think will benefit and chuck it up as your Instagram story and tag both Mel and myself and we'll give you a shout out. So it's the best way to spread the word of this podcast organically. So the final question, which I love to ask everyone, what is the number one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? I guess what we're talking about today, you know, that health isn't just about good nutrition, it's also about dealing with this toxic burden. And that really, like, I know, like, probably while you're in this industry and I am, is that, you know, disease, it doesn't have to be your destiny. You know, that we can alleviate a lot of suffering if people have this message, you know, and get this idea that, you know, your symptoms are calling from your body to really look at this. You know, what is, what nourishment do I need? What nutrients do I need? 
do I need to detox or do I need to de-stress? Absolutely. And there's usually so many red flags that pop up that people yes. ignore. Yes. So listen to those red listen flags. Listen to those signs. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time for being on the podcast. Thank Thanks you. so much. Pleasure. No worries. Have a good week. Just a quick one that we forgot to mention during our chat. You can head over to www.melissasmith.pro forward slash detox dash guide and download her amazing book, Detox Demystified, which really dissects each and every variable about toxicants and the necessary detoxification processes for each type of toxic burden. Far more than we had time to chat about during this episode. The link is below in the show notes. I highly recommend getting your hands on Mel's book because it's amazing. I've read it twice already. All right, guys, thanks for listening and we'll chat soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavor to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.